Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Innovation Podcast, your source for all things innovation. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, today I have Cynthia Del Aria on the line, and she's CEO and COO over at Rika Technologies. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. I'm happy to be here. All right, so excited to have you on today. So we're going to talk about today's topic of building a profitable startup, and I know that's what you're doing and helping um, founders do over at Rika Technologies day in and day out. Um, just to start out with, before we get into that topic, though, let's go a little bit further into Rika Technologies. Tell us a little bit more about your company, please. Yeah, so Rika Technologies is is essentially an incubator, and what we do is we help uh, entrepreneurs and business owners in the non-tech space who have a tech idea get their tech ideas out into the market in a way that makes them profitable and successful from the very, very beginning. Oh my gosh. And don't, don't we want that? I mean, if we had, if we could, if we could do that, that model more often, there'd be a whole lot less heartache in this entrepreneurial journey. Where were you at when I was starting? That's all I got to say. <laughs> I hear that a Let, lot. <laughs> let's just jump right into today's, uh, into today's topic then. Um, so building a business from the start profitably. I mean, where do you want to start with this one? So essentially, the the one key that is so critical to this that people either don't know about or they don't realize the importance of it is talking to your ideal market. We spend a lot of time working with our clients to figure out who is your ideal market, what's the problem you're solving for them, who are those people that you're solving the problem for, that's your ideal market. And then how painful is the problem? Because here's the real key to building a successful startup or building a successful tech product. If you solve somebody's most painful problem and there's millions of people who you're solving their most painful problem, you're guaranteed to be successful. Like it's baked right in. But it, the best way to know whether or not you're solving real problems for real people is to actually talk to people. <laughs> so a lot of times one of the biggest um, things that we see people do is they go into stealth mode, right? Like they're afraid somebody's going to steal their idea or mm. they can't talk to people about it. That is absolutely the opposite of what you want to be doing because talking to people is how you get real information to understand, you know, is there a market here or not? You know, Crunchbase did a study um, in 2018. They post, they did a postmortem study of, a, of a, I believe it was a thousand startups that failed in 2018. And what they found is 42% of those companies failed because they didn't have product market fit. They weren't building something people want. So it didn't matter how great the tech was or it didn't matter how, how cool the UI was or it didn't matter how innovative it was. It wasn't solving a problem where people had a need. So I am trying to prevent that statistic because it is absolutely preventable and sometimes it's, it's pre as preventable as just pivoting the idea one degree this way and you go from no market at all to millions of people that you can help and serve and make an impact with. Man, that's huge. And it's interesting because you're right. Not when you were saying that, I look back at our business and I'm like, yeah, we didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't do that. 
And we, we probably suffered and we probably took two years to figure out something that could have been done maybe in a couple of months in the beginning. Um, yeah, had we true. like, like that's two years of burn that we didn't have to necessarily do that we could have figured it out probably in a good month of looking at the market and doing some other things in the beginning. Um, yeah, totally. So, so now that now that we have part of the secret sauce, and we're not going to have time to get into all of it, but now that we have part of it, I want to go a little bit further down that line because there's some people listening right now that are just that are kind of having that like hit themselves in the forehead moment, just like I just did as you were talking, but I muted it so you couldn't hear. Um, so what um, what's that like? I'm a low hanging fruit guy. Anybody that's listened to the podcast for a long time knows I am the low low hanging fruit. If I can do it today, I want to do it, and and I can't really think too much. For further past that my team can I can't so um that's why they have me on the podcast so um that being said what are some like things that some of those founders out there right now that are either in the middle of an idea maybe they just kind of launched what are some things that they can do now to really kind of embrace what you're teaching today yep totally so if you're a brand new founder and you don't have a product and you don't have live customers yet start figuring out if you haven't identified your user personas you should do it today That means give them a name, create a profile, what's their average age, what's their average income, like the demographic stuff, but then also dig into what are their personality traits, what are their habits, where are they hanging out, what are their interests, and get really clear about the exact kind of person who's going to be using what you're doing. So for a new founder, the thing you can do that today is create your user personas and really get into the mind of the people who are going to be using your product. If you're an existing, you know, you're a founder, you have a product out there, you have customers, talk to your customers. Talk to the ones who are so thrilled they can't say enough great things about you. Talk to the ones that are are struggling to keep on your product or on your service. Find out why is there a difference between those. Sometimes what you'll uncover when you do that is that what you thought was your ideal customer is actually a very small percentage of your market, and the people who are actually getting value out of what you're doing is a completely different persona than you thought. Mm. So then all you do is you tweak a little bit the way that you're marketing or messaging what you're doing, and bam, the whole world opens up. So if you don't have customers, create your ideal customer. Get into their mindset. If you already have them, talk to them. Ask them, what are we doing right? What are we doing that could be better? What's the biggest problem you have with regard to this area? And are are we solving it or how could we solve it? Those are great questions to ask. So I've, you know, I've had this conversation with obviously quite a few people um, just, <laughs> just in business or other things. And I, and one of the things that um, I'd be interested to get your take on is yeah. for the people that do have customers, uh, I could yeah. always get pushback on this because I tell people that all the time. I'm like, I don't know the answer to your problem. Like ask your customers, they're the ones that are paying you. Like, I'm like, I don't know. How, like I tell them that and they're like, they're kind of mad sometimes. I'm like, but I'm like, I don't like your customers, the people that are exchanging money. But I always get this, like, how many customers are enough? Like, do I, is it 100, is it 500, is it 1,000? Like, how many customers does it matter to where their feedback actually matters? Um, just, I'm just curious what your, like, overall thought would be on something like that, because that's the pushback I get when I tell people that. Yeah, totally. So in the case of somebody, again, who doesn't have current customers, if you don't have at least 30 to 50 qualified conversations with people who actually match one of your end user personas, mm. you haven't done enough. Because in the first 10 to 15 to 20 even, you're probably more likely to be talking to people you know. They probably mm-hmm. have more background than they really should have in that conversation. 
and you haven't gotten comfortable in talking with them and listening to what they're saying to be effective to know what trends are really coming out of the conversations you're having. So I always tell people, if you're not having at least 30 to 50, you're probably not doing enough. For existing customers, if you have customers on your platform, let's say that you have 500 customers that are paying you every month or, or, or every year for what you're doing, try and talk to 15% of them if you can. You can actually get a lot higher rate of response if you do like um, SurveyMonkey or a Google form or something like that and say, hey, we have these three questions we'd love for you to answer. And the last question, you know, so you ask them, what do you love about what we're doing? What do you wish were different? What's the biggest problem we're not solving for you today? And then the very last thing is, would you be willing to have a 20-minute conversation with one of our team members? Not only will you get more data doing something like that, but you will also find your your winners, like your your people who are who are so emotional, either positive or negative, about what you're asking that they will spend 20 or 30 minutes on the phone with you, that is invaluable time and you should take it. And I would be willing to bet you get at least 10 to 15% of people responding to that survey and saying, yes, they'll talk to you on the phone. Man, that's awesome. That That's gold right there. And I'm glad you said it because <laughs> next time somebody asks me that question, I'm going to send them your interview. And I'm going to say, hey, don't listen to me. You're right. I don't run the incubator. Cynthia runs the incubator. Ask it. Look, this, and this is what she says. So. That's right. That's right. I got your back. That's Adam. awesome. So, so that being said, um, we're about out of time for this episode. One thing I do want to bring up, though, before we uh, before we um, before I let you go, is um, you have a you had you're launching a speaking of new startups, um, you have yes. a fintech platform coming out, um, focusing on payments. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we are um, fixing an issue in the banking industry around high risk industries. Um, where banks don't want to don't want to take deposits and provide banking services for industries like hemp and firearms because of all the regulations, not only at a federal level, but then at the individual state levels. And it's very expensive for banks to solve that problem to be able to bank those clients. And so we're developing a platform that gives them the tools to do that quickly in an automated fashion and to reduce the number of false positives where people's money is held for 30 to 60 days. Uh, for no reason at all. Man, this is exciting. And I'll tell you what, Cynthia, like I said, we don't have time for this one, but we're going to do a full episode <laughs> on that once you get um, further along the line. I think you said this is possibly launching maybe Q1, Q2 of next year, correct? Yep, that's what we're looking at. Yep. COVID, unfortunately, our, set our, our fundraising back a little bit, as I'm sure other founders have been experiencing as well. <laughs> Well, we, we can't plan for that one. So all That's good true. there. Um, well, Cynthia, if somebody wants, if they're listening to this and they want more um, information on Rika Technologies, I mean, Rika Technologies, what's the best way for them to get it? Uh, the best place to start is our website, which is rikatech.com. That's R-A-I-K-A-T-E-C-H.com. And from there, you can get to our social media profiles. We've got a, a Facebook group. Um, we've got LinkedIn and Twitter and uh, a couple different blogs, one that's more focused on business, one that's more focused on tech, and it all starts there. You can get to everything from there. 
Fantastic. Well, Cynthia, really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, sharing more of your experience and what it takes to build a profitable business from the start. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a review on the Apple iTunes store. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Innovation, definitely give us a subscribe there, but also leave us some comments on the video. I'd love to know what kind of projects and things that you're working on. And Cynthia, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Adam. This was great. I had a great time.